the Cultivating Key podcast with myself and Corey Haynes. You got me. Got you. Well, we made it to December, so. We made it. Well, not yet, actually. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. As of this recording, we're still <laughs> November. Yes. Mid-November, too. Mid-November. Early yeah. November, actually. Kind of. But we're getting close. 2020, the, the dreaded year, is almost over. And I'm hoping, personally, that we can kiss goodbye and uh, never experience anything like it ever again. Most of the time, when a year is coming to the end, I'm kind of bummed. Like, right. But now I'm like, let's get it going. <laughs> like, <laughs> Fast forward, you know? Bring it on. Yeah. I mean, unless San Diego stays in lockdown for a while longer, mm-hmm. in which case we can get through the lockdown or whatever else, whatever we're doing. And what's it called? Like the purple stage or something? Yeah. And then 2021, we can be lockdown free. Yeah, I'm really banking on being locked down free, so <laughs> but it's all good. It'll it'll all work out, I think. We'll power through. Yeah. yeah, we will. Well, how are you? How are you holding up? I'm doing well. Um Yeah, I'm doing well considering what's going on. I was thinking today, like, because, uh, you know, while we record this, it's, you know, mid November. I was thinking like, okay, well we have our end of the year review coming up and thing about this year and i was going back uh today um was it was i looking at i think i was looking at uh tucker carlson's like instagram and mm. his videos he posts and i was looking back at, like some of those riots and like, stuff that happened this year and it was crazy like really i think this year like it really was i mean in our lifetime like a lot of like odd things happened this year you know um like all at once too yeah like just it's hard to I think it's easy to look back and say, man, this year like, was, was not very good. Like, let's move on. Um, but if you kind of like look back and think about what like were the segments of like outbreak or issues or whatever, riots or, and it was great. Like a lot. It just felt like every day or every week, week, something new was happening. Um, so all that consider, like I, I'm doing very good, you know, <laughs> to answer your question. Like I, I was thinking about this, like it's, it's been a, a lot going on. So I'm um, doing good. I'm hopeful. And, um, grateful to be alive and that we're still here so uh, how about you though how you doing yeah pretty good today was a little bit um a little bit strange uh uh one my previous employer barometrics got acquired today mm. which i was not a part of and i did not receive any <laughs> compensation for rightfully so it did not uh didn't was not part of any of my sort of agreement or wait part of here's my a question if you were still there would you have gotten something a uh, small bonus nice. yeah Small as in, um, yeah, neg- I mean, five grand, something like that. I don't know. That's my guess, I think. Um, but yeah, so I mean, I, I feel really happy for, for Josh, the founder, and um, for the outcome that he got, which mm-hmm. is amazing. Um, I mean, it's crazy too that I had sort of suspected it. Um, was I texting you before about it? Maybe not, but like a month ago. I think you were, yeah. Yeah, he he sort of like tweeted this cryptic message. It was like a blurred out blog post. And he's like, this one will be a fun one to share. And then yesterday uh, he posted a screenshot of his calendar and it said like announcement for today, which was tomorrow, yesterday. And, um, and I was like, Oh, for sure. Bear metrics got acquired. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was glad. I mean, that was one of the things I always thought was like, I think that it's, it was a great run, but I think that he needs to, get his net worth somewhere else yeah. <laughs> and um 
and yeah, and, and give it to a new home. You know, like he he really did a great job, and it's time to to move on. Um, yeah, I remember when we were talking in May, I think it was, when you were like th- th- thinking through some stuff, uh, and I don't know, I never knew him obviously or talk with him, but it, it does seem like this was the right thing for like him being such a, such a creator and yeah. you know like not like in the day to day kind of you know so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it was a huge win for him. And in a very true, transparent Barometrics form, he managed to write a blog post and negotiate complete transparency. Yeah. And so he talked about how he walked away with $3.7 million, which is, which is wild. And he's 38, right, you said? I believe so. I could be wrong. It might be 39 or 40. Hmm. Um, but that's the number in my head for some reason. Hmm. That's Crazy. cool. Yeah. Well, anything else having to do with you? <laughs> Um, actually, yeah, today is, uh, the two year anniversary of my dad passing. Mm. Um, so kind of snuck up on me a little bit and it's weird to think back that it was two years ago. Um, but it was otherwise a normal day. Um, before I came here, I went and stopped at the cemetery and paid a visit, but, um, still a little bit like I never really know what to do with these Mm -hmm. kind of days. So, (laughs) uh, where's he buried? Uh, the Miramar national cemetery. Yeah, off the 15. All right. Um, did your mom go or no? I don't know. I don't I don't think that she did. Um, I went later in the day and we swapped a few texts, but we hadn't really talked about it. Gotcha. Cool. Yeah. All right, cool. Um, well, normally I am very smooth <laughs> on my transition. I was going to say, how are you going to segue <laughs> this one? I was thinking like, what do I go... <laughs> Um, uh, so it's on you, Corey. You do it. <laughs> cool. Well, um, there's literally no way to segue this, yeah. but essentially, <laughs> to give you a little bit of, um, actually, oh, here's a good one. Okay. Speaking oh, of 2020, goodness. we're looking to the future in 2021, and one of the things that Jeremy and I have been speaking about is uh, changing things up a little bit and thinking about the future of cultivate and keep, improving things. Yeah, not necessarily changing, but but being a little bit more intentional, improving, upping our game a little bit. And so basically we're going to, um, end the year on finishing out the 10 commandments and a review of each one of them our 2020 review, and then launch into 2021 with sort of our, our next plans and our next phase, mm-hmm. if you want to call it, uh, since we're in, uh, <laughs> still in COVID zone yeah. COVID mode. Uh, but today, so this week we're going to be reviewing the seventh commandment and then the following weeks we'll review the rest and then 2020 plans or 20, 2020 review. But today is the seventh commandment, which is about adultery. Hence, mm. no way to segue that. Well done, Corey. Thank you. You, you did um, the best that you could. I yeah, <laughs> I I scrounged it together. I managed to uh, to put something together for you. All right. Well, Exodus twenty fourteen says, "You shall not commit adultery." Every time we do one of these um, like ten <laughs> commandment episodes, I think I've said this before, but I remember, I think back. My dad had in his office growing up. He always had this um, like concrete like tab like tablet looking looking like whatever you know and uh the commandments looked super like ancient whatever mm. um and i remember i'm not sure why but this is one i'd always like <gasps> you know <laughs> i see like no don't do it um one of the bad ones yeah but uh is one of the more like straightforward ones um you know i think a lot of these like there's like there's room to for it to be like ambiguous and we can like find the gray area and whatnot but I think this is one of the ones that is very straightforward and there is no arguing around. 
um i think i feel like most like civilizations and people would agree with that um but like we like today like i see it all around us you know whether it's from um like celebrities or people like in our inner circle like I, you know there's um like it is fairly common um it uh, happens and like why like why why is that yeah like, if, you, if you think about that it's not like a gray area it's, it's very but the bible says it's very clear you know um so like i don't know why why it it happens like why is it so it's i mean it's pretty common you know yeah i mean it's interesting that it's even one of the ten commandments considering that this was god giving the commandments to the israelites which are his people right and uh they're i mean the equivalent of christians today right it would be it's the same thing it's like well this should really shouldn't feel like it has to be a rule but it is one of the big ones um and i think because one it's so destructive but two it's more common than you would think and Mm -hmm. there's more temptation than you would think um and it's one of those things that uh it goes down a few different levels like i think if you look at some of the other commandments like you know that shall not steal, which we're going to cover next, or some of the previous ones, like honor your father and mother and uh, do not murder. Like they're relatively straightforward in the way that they're, they don't have a lot of spiritual implications. Like they're much more physical mm-hmm. um, or they're much more like cut and dry. Um, yeah. Relational. Yeah. yeah. Cut and dry. But adultery, you know, related to, to sex is a very, spiritual act and it really cuts down to the core of a relationship and marriage which is a representation of our relationship with god as us as the body and mm-hmm. jesus as um or or the church as the bride and jesus as uh as the husband as the groom and um so it's there's a, li- it's a little bit more heavy is what i'm trying to say yeah and it's more heavy and i i think more than any other um like con- think of like sin all sin being equal but i think this one has like probably like the longest lasting and like deepest most difficult consequences yeah um and again all this reinforces that question then like why does it keep happening like you know like why why is it um it seems like to be seems like it's i guess like easy to fall into almost right if you you consider the frequency that that is around us um but I don't know that it leaves me thinking like why like why does that why does that happen you know and we talked about this beforehand but I think this is one of those topics like unless you've experienced it personally or um or like someone like a counselor or like a pastor who deals with it often um I think it's it's hard to talk about when you haven't experienced it firsthand mm, yeah you know one of the things I was I was <laughs> reading about beforehand from uh I don't know if it was a John Piper article or if it was, if it was a different one but there was an interesting study where basically um, they asked husbands who were currently married to their spouses and had a uh, healthy, happy relationship in marriage um, if they would ever uh, cheat on their spouse. And there was actually an interesting correlation between men who said, like, no, I would never, like, I could never do that, um, and men who actually committed adultery and, and cheat on their spouse versus men who sort of were... Uh, they were not ignorant to the possibility of it actually had a lower chance or a lower, uh, I guess like result of them cheating on their spouse and committing adultery. And I think it goes back to like your own self-awareness and like how you've dealt with yourself spiritually. And that if you think about actually the men who 
were like overconfident and like basically ruled it out like, oh, that would never happen to me and I could never do that. They were basically ignorant and sort of uh, arrogant about the the whole situation. Like they were leaving themselves open to temptation Mm -hmm. because it was just so far-fetched out there when in reality it's um, there's more temptation than they might have anticipated, right? Whereas the guys who were wary were a little bit more protective. They're a little bit more cautious. They were more cognizant of it. So it's a little bit backwards thinking, mm-hmm. but maybe there's something there. Yeah, no, that's a good point. Like the the trap of and kind of like putting yourself above something or like just not even giving it thought. Like, oh, that would never happen. Um, this last weekend, Connie was asking me if I would ever like skydive. And I was like, heck no, absolutely <laughs> not. And she was like, would you bungee jump? And I was like, no, like even a greater chance I wouldn't do that. And she was like, Can you at least just think about it. Like, consider, would you please do this? And I was like, I'm not going to give that any thought. There was no way I can like picture myself leaning out of the airplane and like, you know, one, two, three jump. Heck no. Um, and like, just want to say like th- those things are true. Like I will never do those, <laughs> but I should give it a little bit of thought, right? I should ma- you maybe consider, Hey, like I have this one life, do some fun things. Right. That, that was kind of Connie's whole point. It was like, just give mm. it some thought. It'd be fun. Um, I think like, and e- even with that, like, uh, thinking of, uh, divorce or adultery. Like, one thing me and Connie have always like agreed and talked about was like, we're get, when we got married was like no matter what like we're n- we are never going to separate like even if you cheat on me like we're not going to separate yeah um and to be honest like uh, if i think for myself like uh, until recently i've never once questioned that i've always kind of been like absolutely not there's no way I'd, i would ever get divorced and there's no way i would ever cheat on my spouse and i don't um know like what it was but recently uh, maybe because it's happening a lot around us i think but i've kind of mm-hmm. felt like would i do that and i don't I want to say I want it and I don't feel like I would, but I mean, um, again, it seems like an easy thing to fall into. And so I think what you're saying of like having a realistic assessment of the likelihood or, you know, what are you doing that could lead to that, you know, are all things to like be open to, like give it thought. Don't just say, no, I would never do that. Like the skydiving thing. Yeah. Yeah. It, it is a very like backwards kind of thought, but it reminds me of like the definition of humility and being humble which is not to think lowly of yourself and to not have like, you know, zero self-confidence or to be very, um, you know, basically uh, not confident. But really the true definition is um, acting according to who you are and knowing yourself. And I think that if you really understood who you are as a human being, you would understand that you are, uh, that we are all open to being tempted all the time. Mm -hmm. And we are all, uh, like there's always a possibility for every single one of us to fall into sin, um, to make a mistake, to do something that we never dreamed that we would have. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's the same thing with, uh, with murder, which we covered earlier. Like no one wakes up one day and is like, I'm going to murder someone or like, I'm going to murder someone one day. Right. It's something that happens, uh, with something built up mm-hmm. or happens in a fit of rage, or it happens because you allowed yourself to feel something or to get so wrapped up in something that eventually it comes to, Um, something crazy right like murdering someone else or there was a uh, there was a show going around on Netflix a while back um, and I couldn't watch it because it was too dark for me but basically it was the story of this husband who has an affair with another woman and kills his own family his wife and his two young kids basically as a way to like restart and sort of like have a clean slate in life and I mean the amount of evil happening there is just insane. Like how could you ever justify killing your wife and your kids 
to go start over quote unquote with, Mm -hmm. uh, with a new spouse, but that's what he did. And like, how did he get there? Well, he had an affair and he justified all the ways and sort of was marinating in his head over time. And the devil built a, um, a stronghold in his mind and in his soul and his heart. And then it came to that, right? Where then he started planning and plotting and it didn't sound crazy anymore. So you just, it gets chipped away and in the same way with adultery. It's not, it's not something that happens overnight. Usually it's not like a quick thoughtless thing like in the movies. Most times it's a little Mm -hmm. bit more slow. It starts with something really small, like, you know, someone who you used to have a crush on or someone in your life, or maybe a situation where, you know, you start to, someone gives you attention when you're not getting attention in some way, um, some sort of thriller. Maybe you're just, you have a resentment towards your spouse and you confide in someone else. And that builds up over time, right? Then you start to get emotionally invested and sort of, um, allowing yourself to even entertain the idea. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, and then that's how it happens eventually. Yeah. Yeah. I wanted to get into some of like the why, um, of like what, like what could possibly lead someone, uh, to the steps of like having, um, an affair. And you mentioned like small steps and that is, that's one thing I actually had written down. Um, and, and I remember Mike Van Meter, um, I don't remember if he was talking about adultery specifically, but he was talking about sin. Um, I'm pretty sure he was talking about adultery. I think at that time there was some, like another mega pastor that, um, you know, it came out that he was having an affair or whatever. Yeah. And one thing Mike said was, uh, like for him specifically, he has set his life up in a way to where like that kind of sin would cost him just too much. Is like kind of what he mm. said. And he, his point was like, I have to recognize like, to what you were saying earlier, like he can't just say, Oh, there's no way I would do that. Like he said, there's a chance that could happen. And so to like fend that off and like to push back against that, let me like design my life in a way to where it just wouldn't happen. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think being a pastor is one of the, like, I don't know what else you could do that would be, have the most at stake. Right. Um, but let's get into a few of these. So I, I read a few articles kind of uh, researching, like, you know, literally asking the question like what will cause this and how does it work and there's some studies that have been done but a few like the top just like basic reasons why um this was for uh both men and women hmm. like top reasons why a man or a woman would have an affair but the few reasons were um wanting more attention um just like uh just the the need for sex uh thrill uh emotional like emptiness and then anger the first three uh attention sex and thrill um, were from like the man's perspective mm. and then emotional void, uh, and anger were from a woman's perspective. Um, Interesting. like all those make sense. Uh, there was like a huge list. Those, those were like the main ones from what I, I looked at. Um, and, uh, one of the, like, the next things I talked about was like, again, like the small steps, like kind of, you were saying like all these things compounded over time. Uh, it's not like you would wake up and decide I'm having a fair today. I think it, it builds and it builds and it builds. Yeah. That's a big one. Um, you know, Monique and I have talked about had that same conversation of uh, even actually early on dating, we sort of decided, you know, when we were starting to talk about the idea of marriage that we were never going to get divorced and we were going to break sort of the family curse on both sides. And that even if one of us or both of us cheated on each other, that we would remain married and we would, uh, we would strive to work it out. And I remember actually, so I don't want to spell all the details, but we basically shared that with her brother for a good reason. And, um, and he was like shocked and surprised by that. He was like, wait, are you serious? Like you would, you wouldn't break up or you wouldn't get a divorce. And 
basically said no. Um, and it's that same thing of like, just be, if, if you, if for example, if there was someone out there who was like trying to kill you or I don't know, there was like a, if you're out in the wilderness and you knew that there were bears, but you said, oh, a bear will never attack me. Like if I just mm-hmm. live my life as if there was no bear, then I'll be fine. Like you're stupid. <laughs> a bear is going to come find you or like you're going to be surprised, right? I don't know why I chose a bear. I'm thinking like the office or something maybe. But uh, but ignoring the possibility of danger does not make the danger go away, right? You have to face the danger and say, this is a possibility and I'm either going to put myself in a situation to actively avoid that thing or like I said, I'm going to count the costs or I'm going to be willing to face the consequences or I'm going to really think this through in a way that scares me enough to not ever want to do this. Right. But most people just kind of ignore it. Yeah. I think another thing is um, like what you let develop in your imagination or in your heart. Hmm. uh, I think that like can easily develop and, and take place in your life. Um, Matthew five twenty seven through 28 um, says, Corey, the designated verse reader. You have heard that it was said, you shall not commit adultery. But I say to you that everyone who looks at a woman with lustful intent has already committed adultery with her in his heart. Yeah, I think this is like a, if, you think, if you're thinking like, what does the Bible say? Like, what, like what, what is adultery from the Bible's perspective? Uh, I think I feel like I've heard people use this verse like, oh, it, it's lusting someone. Well, in that case, every man in the world and probably woman has committed adultery. Like that's mm. that's not it. Um, but, but but what it's talking about is like if, if you've already done it in your heart, like if you if you can get to that place, well then like basically it will develop and turn into action over time. Yeah. Uh, I was talking with a friend of mine who's in like the the pure desire uh, group at church, and he was saying that there are like it's weird, but there's um, like dozens and dozens of men like in their sixties um, that are like still like struggling with pornography and still like. Mm they live the whole life of never overcoming it. And, um, like, I don't know, like if that's caused them, you know, to take action, you know, on like, ha- uh, committing adultery. But I mean, to think, you know, 30, 40 years and like the same sin without like getting through it, like that's like a very strong, like wall that's not being pushed down, you know? Yeah. Um, that's crazy. Yeah. Well, one of the things <coughs> I would, where I was going with that whole story, uh, was one of the other conversations that Monique and I had was, um, that we would never work at a place that would make it tempting to have an affair or something like that, where, you know, I would basically, I told her I would never take a job where I would have to do a lot of traveling mm-hmm. and possibly traveling with someone of the opposite sex for, I don't know, a sales call or for a marketing event mm-hmm. even. Um, uh, and similarly, she would never take a job where she's in an environment where, you know, she would be, you know, making a lot of friends with guys yeah. or, you know, in a place even where maybe guys don't respect the fact that she's married and they don't care. Mm-hmm. And it's even like sort of a tease. And, and we've talked many times before, how no matter how poor we got or how desperate we got, she would never go to work at Starbucks. And I'm mm-hmm. sorry, but it's like, for some reason, there's something about mm-hmm. Starbucks, at least in our experience where, I don't know, people are open to having flings or like mm-hmm. just you, you have these small kind of intimate moments and these small steps are taken. And then one day you find yourself in a position. Yeah. I, th- I think the, I don't know. I get what you're saying. There seems to be a common, common denom- denominator there. Um, like the Starbucks thing. I think it's almost like the untrained or un like 
committed Christian just being thrust into like that secular environment. Right. You know, I don't Absolutely. think it's necessarily like the star no. Starbucks. I get what you're saying, but I think it's, yeah, just maybe it's um, unconditioned or just, uh, I don't know. Maybe it's, if you're not like, maybe just not being ready for that environment. Simple as mm-hmm. that. Yeah, absolutely. Because again, th- there's nothing wrong with Starbucks. I just mean if you're putting yourself in a place where you make it easy for yourself, mm-hmm. you're not doing yourself any favors. Like why would you want to go to battle every single day when you can just avoid the battleground altogether? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> not laughing at that. Oh man, that's funny. My puppy Toby was on Corey's lap, jumped off and almost ripped off his headphones. That was oh, thanks Toby. <laughs> Um, what was I gonna say? Oh, so on the like, it starts small, kind of in your heart, and like you were saying, I think again with any sin, I think like a big decision like this or like a big downfall is is comes from small steps. I think a lot of times when they're kept in secret too, um, it just comes to an end. I mean, it comes to this type of thing. Um, we I don't we didn't plan this, but literally like two days ago, Carl Lentz just came out and announced that he uh, is stepping down or he was let go from his position uh, as Hillsong's pastor because he just had an affair. Um, again, like uh, another situation like that. Um, you know, one of the things he said that he, he posted in our, um, on Instagram kind of announcing it. One thing he said was, he said, when you lead out of an empty place, you make choices that have real and painful consequences. Hmm. Um, I think was, you know, he was speaking from like a leader's perspective but i think just like in general i think a lot of people um operate out of em- out of an empty place you know and i think on a daily basis a lot of people um are like running like on, on low oil right just like the we're empty we were not operating from like a core set of beliefs or um yeah operating out of an empty place i think that's a lot of what happens when decisions like this happen and then again like neither of us have experiences right we're not pastors so we don't talk we don't understand the full details but from my perspective or what i keep going back to is like the why i mean if you think about like the consequence and how like long lasting like an you know an affair can be like what it can do to your life um why would someone do that well i think one of the main reasons why is people just are operating out of an empty place and Mm. um i think in the moment when you're when you're empty and you're in a situation that's vulnerable or, or susceptible to this type of decision, I think it's, it could be, I could have never experienced it, but I think it could be easier, easy to do, to fall into, you know? Yeah. That's pretty profound. I mean, I, I respect him for sharing that and sort of having a thought like that, that's sort of raw and honest and that he's sort of admitting that he's been leading out of an empty place. And, um, I think that's true, you know, because again, my assumption is that he did not do himself any favors with maybe uh, his boundaries or his practices where he's maybe putting himself in situations that are easy to compromise his marriage. Um, But also when you're leading out of an empty place, then like you go and look for that, you know, being filled somewhere else. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and that basically goes to someone's vice, right? Which for a lot of people can be something like sex or, companionship with someone else or confiding in someone else right and being able to have sort of a confidant with what you're going through and um it 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 makes sense right i don't think that it's crazy that he did it i think that it makes sense given the circumstances and where he was coming from spiritually 
Yeah. Which is a bummer, but that's the tr- that's just the truth of it. Yeah. And one thing I always go back to, we've talked about this a lot, but um, I think it's super, super important that, I think it was Dan Dealing that like taught me this, but just the idea of how like wanting and desiring Jesus in your life has to be greater than your want for sin. Um, and like one that is held true and that is consistent, um, like that can be the, the main thing keeping you away from sin. Like mm. it's got to be more than like learning that sin is bad or these, these things are wrong, but just like a baseline uh, desire to like love Jesus and to serve him can be enough to outweigh that desire for sin. Mm. Um, Psalm one nineteen nine says, how can a young man keep his way pure uh, by guarding his heart according to the word? And um, I think that I was thinking back the other day, like when we were, what, when we were like, third uh freshman high school sophomores that's kind of when social media was picking up and like the smartphone became really common and i think that it's a lot easier sin now <laughs> i think it just like yeah. um oh yeah for like a, a lot of reasons i'm not just talking about like sin with your phone but i mean uh just the junk that fills our mind what we see what we hear what we watch like it, it, it's very common and i think an underrated thing we don't talk about enough is guarding your heart. It's like guarding what you allow in your mind and, and having that protected. And, um, I think when you do that, like you increase your, your want and your desire for Jesus. You know, I, um, when you get a taste of something really good for a long time, like you don't want to go back to what's bad, you know, um, what's a good analogy for that? I don't know, but the first time you taste Tillamook, uh, ice, ice cream, cream. Vanilla, dude, different you never want to go back to oh, McDonald's wow. or anything else first of all McDonald's is fire okay don't bring that all right maybe uh, uh, what's a crappy one um, Red Robin I don't know I, good effort okay thank you yeah. the first time we taste <laughs> in and out you never want to go back to a McDonald's burger how about that no I mean how many times I mean think back if you're listening like think back to like if you've had a consistent sin in your life for a while and if you ever got to a point where you like beat it and overcame it and it had been months if not years to where you had done or committed that that sin like the last thing you want to do when you're given the opportunity is to go back to it. Cause you've experienced like the goodness of being free and like the lightness that comes with that. Um, you know, and I think that when you experience something good, you don't want to go back to what's bad. You know? Yeah. You know, it, rem- it reminds me of kind of sort of what I, the analogy I came up with the battleground and you know, when people talk about like, Oh, well I'm fine with, you know, my phone or with these movies that I watch or, uh, with the people that I'm around, um, it makes you question like, you know, are you really guarding your heart? Because again, if you're like putting yourself through going to the battleground every day and having to look the other way or scroll past something or fast forward through something or ignore what the people around you are talking about or, or doing, like you're just, you're going to battle every single day. Like that gets tired. Like mm-hmm. that gets hard. Uh, you're giving yourself an opportunity to sin every single day. So if you guard your heart and you remove yourself from those types of situations or you just cut those uh, sources off, then you don't have to go to battle every day, mm-hmm. right? You go to battle once or twice a week or once every month, rather even once a year. But it doesn't make mm-hmm. sense to me when people put themselves in the battleground and then they wonder why things are hard. That's like such they're a good always point. fighting things off. That's such a good point. I think, yeah, I think that... Um, with most things that we want to stay away from, like there, there's an out from it, you know, the Bible says that, but, uh, I, I don't know why we want it to answer your question. I, maybe because 
the want for sin is because we want it because we like for it. God. Yeah, we we want it. Simple as that. And that's that's a that's a hard reality that I think a lot of people have to face is, um, you know, do you love Jesus more than your Instagram account, or mm. do you love Jesus more than your friends? Uh, do you value your marriage more than your job? Yeah, you know, one, you one of my favorite themes is seeing um, like a Christian guy have a flip phone. My yeah. favorite thing, and we all know the reason why, <laughs> but I love it when there's no shame and mm. and some of them will just straight up tell you, and that's that. And I think like you are like the man, you know. I mean, how many people do that? No one. It's yeah. very rare to see that. Um, but that's someone that's like has counted the cost and is willing to maybe be a little bit embarrassed or uncomfortable and be like inconvenienced, like <laughs> having a flip phone. <laughs> right. Uh, I don't know. I I kind of um, that's like my dream now is like. Just want to like buy a place <laughs> out in the middle of nowhere, it's get quiet, rid of, yeah, yeah, get a flip phone or yeah. even like no phone at all. Be able to like do whatever I want during the day. What about Twitter, Corey? Get rid of Twitter for wow. sure, and then just like disconnect. Um, probably because I'm again, maybe I'm putting myself through some some battlegrounds that I don't really need to be in. There's probably there's probably some for all of us, but um, but yeah, I I think that's like ever more true for something like adultery where that's like a big battle that you Mm -hmm. go to that you're having to sort of, you know, shield yourself and try to stay away from. And, um, you know, even, I mean, there's small things, you know, but like one of the rules Monique and I also have is like, we never meet with someone of the opposite sex uh, sex alone or we're never in the same room with someone of the opposite Mm -hmm. sex alone. We don't drive in the same car. Uh, uh, actually I, I heard that once from, I think it was either Mark or Dave Hoffman. And uh, again, it's, I think it goes back to knowing who you are, that we are still broken, mm-hmm. fallible or, uh, you know, uh, temptable human beings mm-hmm. that no one is above, uh, you know, driving alone with someone else, right. Mm-hmm. Or putting themselves in those situations because they're strong enough, quote unquote, like yeah. no one is ever strong enough. Like count yourself lucky if you get out of those situations every time. Yeah, for sure. Um, you want to be good on that note? Any, any other thoughts you want to toss in there? Yeah, just one more thought you know, I had was um, we always talk about how uh, it goes back to another Dan Dealing quote. So shout out to Dan. That, uh, Dan Dealing. Marriage isn't hard because it forces you to deal with the shortcomings of your spouse or someone else. It's hard because you have to deal with the shortcomings of yourself. And you have to face yourself. And I think it's the same thing with adultery. Like it's far less about someone else and their shortcomings or the shortcomings between you and them. It's about your own personal failures and resentments, or it's about mm-hmm. uh, your secret sin and the lust that, you know, by someone, or it's about your absence and your neglect to someone. But it's, it's that ownership mentality instead of the victim mentality of like, Oh, well they did this to me. It's, I probably had a part in this, even if the other person was the, the one who committed adultery. Yeah. And if it's you, then it's not, well, you know, they were the one that was pursuing me or, my spouse didn't give me enough attention. It's yeah. I put myself in a terrible situation. I need to take ownership of that. And I need to face myself with the things that I love and the situations I put myself in the media that I consume. And, um, so again, I think it's just about facing yourself, knowing yourself and being willing to, uh, count the costs. Yeah. Well said. Well said. All right. Well, um, we're going to get this page up, but, if you want to stay in the loop with what we're thinking and sort of the next phase of cultivate and keep and what we're working on, 
go to cultivateandkeep.com slash next. What do you think? Does that work? Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I like 2021 too. 2021? Okay. Well, TBD. TBD. Yeah. We'll, we'll put we all, need it. We need it by this I'll point. I'll have redirects for both of those. How about that? Okay. okay. Cool. We'll see you in the next one. Peace.